Hey guys, welcome to the Challenge Podcast. I'm Coach Steve. And I'm Coach Nick. And we're going to be talking about everything fitness, health, and the challenge. Let's get on with the show. What's up guys, Coach Steve here, and welcome back to another episode of the Challenge Weekly Show. Today I'm joined with our co-host, Coach Nick. Nick, how are we doing today? I'm really well, thanks Coach Steve. How are you? How's everything going in your life? Look, Nick, mostly I'm well, but I must admit I have very sore feet. Oh, okay. I, I have very sore feet. So, uh, little story time. Uh, my dear partner, Laura, uh, post-baby, has been on a mission to get her fitness back. Mm-hmm. So she has been the one to initiate uh, more walks, <laughs> more walks um, for the, the, the family now. Uh, mm-hmm. So me, her, uh, two boys out walking. And on average, I, I usually average between, uh, you know, eight and 10,000 steps per day across a week. So I'm not the most um, steppiest of persons out there. Um, but you know that's where I kind of average around eight to ten thousand um, per day on average over the course of a week and now that's been skyrocketed to about fifteen thousand um, per day on average over the course of the last week uh, and to add to that uh, where I live it's quite quite hilly it's quite mm-hmm. hilly um, not not the most hilliest but it's got lots of ups and downs ups and downs so the normal kind of path we take there's multiple ups and downs up and ups and downs okay and I have been delegated to push the pram so mm-hmm. I have uh, about 12 kilo George and in, in and I've got one of those spaceship prams right with the the bassinet and the, the seat right yeah uh, so if anybody's out there pushing prams uh, yeah that, that's that's They're awesome what... we have that too mm. yeah um, so we've got the we've got the, the spaceship pram <laughs> um, so we've got 12 kilo George uh, and about four kilo Henry um, plus the pram. So here I am pushing, you know, let's say 20 kilos uh, up and down this hill for for these steps and everything. And I must say that my feet are sore. Like my body's okay, but my feet, oof, they're, they're sore. Um, so I, I hear people out there who um, are ch- uh, struggling to get their steps up because of the side effects that come with that. So if I'm used to, you know, eight to 10,000 steps and I'm rapidly increasing it, I'm going to experience some side effects like sore feet or maybe, you know, sore calves and such. Um, so, you know, dear listener, if you're out there and you're averaging, let's say something lower than that, 5,000 steps a day, and you're trying to ramp it up to 10,000 day, 10,000 steps overnight, that can be a challenge. You know, it can be, um, self-limiting because you know you get sore feet you get sore calves get sore legs and then you're like oh, this, is, this is too hard and then you you drop back down to five thousand six thousand or even lower you know three thousand and then on the flip side if you are you know doing twenty thousand steps before lunchtime maybe like coach nick who who <laughs> is a step queen going around uh <laughs> that might be your normal and you're like steve please fifteen thousand steps gosh that's that's called breakfast then you know we get that to that point where we go okay well twenty thousand steps that's how physically active you are you might have adapted to that and if your goal is to further decrease um you know your body weight or try to increase your fitness by getting your steps up you may need to look at ways to increase that further um so you know percentage wise uh you know that's when we can really start to look at it if you're going from five to ten thousand steps you know you're doubling your step count if you're going from like ten thousand to fifteen thousand you're increasing about fifty percent if you're going from like twenty to twenty five thousand you know it's, that's twenty five percent increase so you know they all have d- different meanings to us right so if you are looking at doubling your step count oh okay ho- hold on maybe you'll be ben- you'll benefit from like staging it okay just give yourself a few weeks to adapt to it so you don't get something like i don't know shin splits developing or 
just you know lower leg pain um, because shin splints is a, is a weird diagnosis anyway so you know th that's when we can be a little bit cautious about our, our load but i thought i'd just share that with you nick if you are asking how am i i'm okay but my feet are sore. i want to know stuff though now i'm curious and you can choose to answer this or not but like have you changed your food intake to compensate for this are you at maintenance what's happening with you with this increase in activity yeah so uh Firstly, ad hoc, meaning without paying much attention to it, um, I am eating a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, my hunger has increased uh, and there's times when I'm like, oh, geez, I'm quite famished right now. Yeah. Um, that's that's without paying much attention to my food intake. However, I'm, I'm pretty routine with my food intake. So, um, you know, I'm usually cruising between two and a half, three thousand calories per day um, and I eat similar foods, Nick. So, you, I mean, you see firsthand what I eat yeah. um, in, in a Tuesday quite routine spaghetti. way. spaghetti. Right. So uh, that's kind of like one of the big secrets I'd love to tell everybody that, you know, for long term longevity in, you know, controlling your food intake is just to repeat meals, get practice around repeating meals. And you'll find that by repeating meals consistently, you will start to average out your food intake and then you can get a good ballpark where you're like, oh, I'm, you know, cruising around this number. So then when you want to make a change, like, hey, I want to lose weight or I want to gain weight. You could just be like, all right, I'm just going to, you know, increase it by this small amount by adding a portion here or adding an extra serving here or maybe an extra meal here or the other way. You know, if you want to lose weight, you go, okay, cool. I'm just going to, you know, reduce my intake slightly. Um, so Nick, to answer your question, yeah, you know, without paying too much attention to it, I'm noticing my hunger um, has increased and I am tending to eat my food quicker. Um, but, you know, we're quite controlled about what, what, we're, what we're eating in a, in a respectable way. Um, but it's an overall benefits, right? Because, uh, you know, our step count is probably the uh, most effective way to improve our cardiovascular fitness um, and increase our uh, physical activity throughout the day. And that's translating nicely over to my training. So um, one of my limiting factors around my weightlifting is my cardiovascular endurance. So when I'm doing, let's say, sets of eight to 12 on a squat, I'm usually out of breath before my legs are, are, are tired. So by increasing my overall fitness, I'm finding that my strength is improving. So that's not an open ticket to say, hey, everybody needs to do cardio. However, if you find that your limiting factor is your cardiovascular fitness, comma, you might benefit from increasing the amount of physical activity you do so you can increase your aerobic capacity for work. And that's what I'm finding in my training. Love it. Uh, look, I must say, I reckon that's one of my secret weapons over the years, just my, my cardiovascular fitness. It allows me to, to um, push those, those extra reps without dying in the ass you know, <laughs> with reasonable form. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, that's my very educated opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Without dying in your ass. Love it. No, mm -hmm. no, cool. Well, yeah. look, just to, just to highlight again, just so no one um, misunderstands what, I, what I'm saying here. In, in most cases, we don't need to do formal cardio. Now, what I mean by that is, you know, needing to go and slog out on a treadmill for half an hour or the elliptical or the bike or anything like that. In most cases, we don't need to do that. In most cases, just simple physical activity, something like walking is more than enough to one, increase our cardiovascular fitness uh, and to act as an energy expenditure tool to improve, increase how much energy we're expending to tip the scales into that energy deficit if, if our goal is for weight loss. Okay. So you don't need to do cardio. Um, walking is plenty. And the best way to measure walking is by measuring how many steps you do, right? Uh, 
you know, of course you can start measuring maybe like the time you do it, the distance, those types of things. But the easiest way, just, you know, wear an activity tracker or just carry your phone and uh, count uh, how many steps you, you do. And this is a nice way to um, accumulate the total amount of steps you do throughout the day. So maybe you are doing a lot of housework at home, you're going out and doing the gardening, uh, maybe you're running around your local Westfield shopping center and, you know, doing all your Christmas shopping or something like that if you're not online savvy, right? Um, and then you might choose to do a walk before breakfast or after dinner or something like that. Then you could accumulate all your steps and be like, okay, this is how physically active I've been today. Rather than being like, oh, well, I've done, you know, 45 minutes on the cross trainer, but then you went home and sat on the couch all day. Uh, then it gets tricky because you go, well, is that the same as if you were being busy throughout the whole day doing stuff plus doing 45 minutes on the elliptical versus, you know, going home to sitting down? You know, how do you measure it? all right that's that's the, the the kind of the challenge around formally doing cardio which is why it's usually easier just to be physically active go for a walk yep agreed nick we're in an exciting time of the challenge exciting time of the challenge we're in week six the final week of this october challenge and it is, has flown fast fast <laughs> it has flown by fast and look final week of challenge and there's a few key dates coming up yeah, crazy times though, because you've you've got a new baby out of this challenge. Yeah, yeah, this challenge gave me a new baby. It gave you a new <laughs> baby. It was like week two or something. <laughs> oh gosh, look. Mm -hmm. So, firstly, week six, we now are time to think about our final photo. So, from uh, today or technically yesterday. So, this podcast gets released on a Tuesday. From yesterday, you would have access to the completion document, the the final document that you can use to take your final photo that you will find that either on social media like our Facebook social hub or in your emails if you have been receiving our weekly emails. You will also find it on the M Challenge app in the announcements, so in the home page, the very first thing you see. And then um, you could take your photo at any time you wish. You could take it today, you could, you could take it yesterday or however you want, either with the completion document or with a newspaper. Mm -hmm. Then from Friday the 2nd, of December, Friday, 2nd of December, um, you will be able to upload your final photo to the M Challenge app. Now, when you go through the upload process, you will have one last chance, chance, chance to oh. see the completion documents. So you can download the completion document one last time while you're completing the check-in. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now you have from that Friday, the 2nd, uh, up until, well, there's no real close date, Nick. <laughs> there's no real close date. Um, but the next part of it is that public voting opens on Wednesday the 7th. So you would want to upload your final photo before Wednesday the 7th so that when other challengers log in to vote, uh, your images will be there so that they can vote for you. Mm -hmm. If you miss out on that Tuesday or the Wednesday, you upload it, I don't know, maybe on Friday, next, next Friday, that's the, the 9th, um, you could still be eligible for um, the main competition. You may not have had a chance for everyone to vote for you because they might have jumped in on Wednesday to vote, um, but you could still be eligible for the final competition. So there is a little rush, but not a big rush to upload your final photos to the M Challenge app. Okay. Yeah, chill out, but don't chill out. <laughs> now, um, public voting closes on Sunday, the 11th of December. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so first thing I'll say about public voting is that it is separate to the main competition. It does help to shape the, the, the finalists, um, but it's very different to our judging process. So what that means is if you didn't get in the top 50 of the public votes, you may still get in the top 50 of um, you know, our judges votes. Similar, if you didn't get in the top 10, or maybe you didn't get the top place in the public vote, 
you could still win the challenge. You could still get in the top 10 because it's different. Now, often our judges have the same or similar opinions to the public. Um, and you probably find those who have the highest votes um, are strong contenders for the, the top 10 or the top three. Um, so what we do is we try to spread out our prizes. So instead of those who maybe have the most votes that one person takes out a top 10 prize, first place prize, and people's choice prize, we like to share our prizes around. So we give out our people's choice prize to the person with the highest votes that is outside of the top 10. And often those people are those who come in maybe 11th, 12th, 13th place, right? Mm -hmm. So often, um, I get to sneak into the, the judging room and they're already having an argument about who's in the top 10. I get to join the argument for, for 30 seconds and then I get booted out. So it is often a very competitive area for those who are getting in the, the top 10, okay? So the crux of it, Nick, is that you'll have a chance to upload your final photo from Friday the 2nd up until um, I would suggest Tuesday the 6th and then public voting opens on Wednesday the 7th until Sunday the 11th. Whew. Very yeah. good. Lots of information. Lots but of information. All very, very important. Now, you can find all these key dates on the M Challenge website. So if you go to the M Challenge website, scroll down to the bottom, you'll see a little um, link at, in the footer. The footer is at the very bottom of the website called dates. You click that and you're going to see all our upcoming dates. So that means that the next challenge, we have dates for the next challenge, Nick, which is exciting. Yeah, I so, know. Yeah, very uh, good. A little bit of a soft launch at the moment. Um, we are looking at the challenge starting in around mid-February. So it will be 13th of February. 13th of February, the challenge begins. Prep week will start on the 6th of February. And then we are looking at opening registrations from the 16th of January. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you would be able to register from the 16th of January, the middle of January. Um, prep week starting on the 6th of February and then the challenge officially beginning on the 13th of February. Now, it's really cool if you do decide to sign up on the first day of registration, uh, the 16th of January, you can log into the M Challenge app. You can start reading some of the content on the learn section of the app. Uh, you could start interacting with us on the forum. So we'll be on the forum from middle, middle of January. So the challenge won't officially begin, but you could ask us all the questions and get yourself really ready um, for the challenge to start on the 16th of February. Uh, you can pick our brains, check out the learn section, join in the step count, lots of things to do on the M Challenge app before the challenge begins. Okay, so that will be, um, 2023 for us, the start of 2023. Yes, definitely, definitely sign up and get in there and learn how to sync your activity tracker before <laughs> it starts. That's yeah. my top tip for next year. No, so good. Now, look, Nick, uh, once the challenge concludes on the 4th of December, you'll have access to the M Challenge app up until Christmas, okay? So you'll mm -hmm. have three weeks after the challenge to have access to the M Challenge app. So you could complete workouts, you can follow the, your nutrition plan, you can ask us questions on the forum, you can engage in the learn section and step count, all the good stuff. So you'll have access up until Christmas, but the challenge is still set to finish on the 4th of December. Super cool. Now, Nick, I just want to take a moment before we jump into our community highlights, just to highlight um, our, our larger team of individuals that, um, you know, help make the challenge what it is. Okay. Um, so firstly, Nick, I'd like to thank you. Oh, um, that's so nice. I'd like or, to thank you too. <laughs> oh, thank you, Nick. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, we are two, challenge, two coaches in the challenge who are across lots of different areas of, of the challenge, um, helping to coach individuals uh, to get a great result, which we hope. Mm. Yes, and thank you for being such an awesome app person as well, Coach Steve. You've, we've we've both learned a lot about app development, haven't we? So, um, yeah, we've had a good year. 
Yeah, I think I've had to put on my uh, kind of project managing hat a lot with the M Challenge app. I'm working with our app developers quite a lot, but that's for another day, Nick. Yes. Um, next, I just want to say thank you to all our admin support team members, um, so people like Dai, Laura, um, and even the the team over in our supplement distribution area, like uh, Sue and Zoe and Dee and even Sheridan. So big thanks mm -hmm. to our admin team. Um, and then finally, you know, our, our probably the biggest assets that we have in our community, um, of course, are our M Challenge brand ambassadors. Um, so our brand ambassadors um, are those who help to foster the community, creating content for our, our Facebook social hub and also for our Instagram. So many of those um, are creating lots of content and keeping you motivated and supported throughout the challenge okay um so big thanks to 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 all of our um ambassadors um we've got a big big list of them and a growing list as well so in 2023 we would be looking at ways to grow our ambassador list so keep an eye out if you are willing or wanting to be an ambassador for the m challenge thank you everybody it does not go unnoticed we appreciate you helping us out so much um amazing good on you and finally, finally, we can't we can't forget to to thank all our challengers out there. So all of those who are you know ch current challengers or challenge alumni who are bolstering the community, being active in our um, online communities, um, and just being super supportive. So I do want to say thank you for everyone who is currently doing the challenge, um, or who has completed the challenge in the past, but you know still trying to be part of our community or trying to offer advice here and there, um, and trying to be supportive. So big thank you to everybody there. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. <laughs> Nick, let's uh, move on to our next segment here. We have our community highlights where we'd like to highlight some members of the community. So Nick, take us away. Who would you like to highlight? Okay, Caroline Harding, she says, pretty happy with my progress in just a few short weeks. I'm definitely motivated to keep going. I'm not even tempted by junk food anymore. It's easy to say no. Yesterday we had trauma training. I'm a youth worker and there were chips, chocolate, donuts, scones, and fruit. I had the fruit. I just love strawberries. I, I feel the same way, Caroline. I love <laughs> strawberries. I've missed my body combat class today, but that's okay. My body needed to sleep. And that's a hashtag self-care Saturday. I'm going to have a relaxing morning and then see family and friends. My goal is to increase my steps today and make sure I'm over the expected 12,000 for my program and aim for 20,000. So that's sort of similar to Ooh. what you were talking about, Coach D. The dog will be going on a long walk today. And that's a long spell with like four O's. Yeah. Long walk. It is long <laughs> walk. Yeah, the, the dog will because, yeah, um, 20,000 I mean that's legit like three hours at least out there that's 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 a lot of walking and uh my dog would not be able to do that my little cavoodle um she she starts to run away from me when I say come on walk time she does not like it <laughs> she would like you to carry her oh yeah <laughs> I, I can see me in the future with a little dog stroller my little dog's in the little um little pram itself you, you you know the ones i'm talking about and yes. i push my dog around yeah yeah that that's me um as old man steve i can see it now yeah because you let her get away with stuff but that's also another topic for another <laughs> <t> <laughs> all right um so laura mcwinspar so she says went to our work christmas show tonight as we were leaving, they brought out Cheesecake Shop Cheesecake. Thankfully, I listened to the podcast and Coach Steve killed my that won't hurt mentality after dobbing them in for how many um, calories is in a piece. Went home without cheesecake. Probably the first time in history I've turned down cheesecake. Thanks, FitFam. Thanks, <laughs> Coach Steve. I'm sorry, Laura, for ruining your uh, 
your, your, your cheesecake experience. Um, but hey, you know, now you're just a little bit more aware of uh, how many calories. And again, you know, you can make it work if, you, if you'd like to, you know, if you choose to have, let's say, 500 calories of a small slice of cheesecake, you can do it. Um, or you can have, uh, you know, a nourishing large meal of, you know, let's say chicken, broccoli and rice, similar calories. Uh, but the, the question, which is a little bit rhetorical of what would be more nourishing for your body. And Laura, it sounds like you have made that decision. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right, Tammy Denning. So Tammy's been very active lately. This one here is a throwback Thursday, last November versus this November. So there's a picture. So you can go have a look under the hashtag throwback Thursday on our Facebook group for this picture. But she says, lifting only smaller weights and not even trying to attempt heavy weights. I'm completely happy with both these photos, though, as I learned so much about the nutritional side of things with food, I need to fuel my body with with. I needed to yeah, fuel my body with my career and daily life last year. Every day is a learning curve and you just got to do what works for you and what you're comfortable with. Have a fabulous Thursday. So I think Tammy's trying to say that um, she's completely changed her approach to everything and especially uh, her food, her food intake. And I think she's proving that every day by showing us what she's eating. And I think that's amazing because she's realized that I think sometimes, you know, for, for women, you underfuel yourself and you think that's going to work and she's flipped the switch. So good on you, Tammy. That's awesome, Tammy. Big congratulations. Mm-hmm. Nick, I'd like to highlight a few people this week. First one goes out to Nathaniel Generet. Generet. Mm-hmm. And this is a scale victory, SV. And scale <laughs> victory is under 100 kilos for the first time in a long time. Uh, and yeah. I like it. It's simple. And, you know, that could have a lot of meaning for Nathaniel, um, you know, going from you know three digits to two digits, you know, being under 100 kilos, uh, and that's something to to celebrate. And often, you know, we find challengers want to reject the scale, reject how much they weigh, and that's fair enough. You know, we don't want to attach a lot of meaning to the number. Um, it's just simply data. But you know, this is a bit of a win for Nathaniel. Getting under 100 kilos can be, um, you know, have its own own meaning. So, a big congratulations, buddy. Definitely. Well done. Very good. Oh, excuse me. Oh, made me sneeze. Um, yes, Shane, Shane would like that one because he hovers around that 100. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I cruise, I cruise just over 100 kilos, um, but I'm, I'm pretty content with that. Um, I don't really have any goals to get under 100, but that's, that's, that's totally fine. So, you know, everyone has their own goals and meaning behind that number. So um, big congratulations, Nathaniel. You would have... Um, 87.5 kilos of lean muscle. <laughs> no, right? don't, don't be like that, Nick. No, 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 no. That's a good uh-huh. thing. <laughs> it's 100% what you've got. <laughs> Nick, uh, next, I'd like to highlight Judy Kennedy. And this post was on the forum. And Judy writes, <clears throat> two days in a row, the smell of toast cooking in my house has almost caused me to crack. Lucky for me, I had strategies in place thanks to mindfulness training of my brain. I grabbed a shaker, threw in some water, a scoop of Maxine's iced macchiato protein powder, shook it up and ah, so emotional, love it. Uh, Iced (laughs) coffee shake, diet disaster averted. Now to have a banana and do my day three session. I can't tell you how important mindfulness has been for me this challenge. I love that, Judy. Um, you know, really highlighted the the kind of mind over matter approach, you know, saying like, okay, I've got to focus on what I truly want. You know, do I need this this toast no matter how tasty it smells? Um, and is there an easy way to avert that? And she has planned for it and she's um, prepared a protein shake and now she's off to do her training session. So that's awesome, Judy. Big congratulations. 
Amazing. Well done, Judy. Uh, I think just being aware of food is the first step, being aware of and prioritizing and choosing what works for you at the time. That's the first step. So well done. Finally here, we have Trisha Bell and Trisha writes, hashtag NSV, non-scale victory. I had a big win for me. I had a big win for me. I resisted cold rock ice cream when celebrating with the family. Usually I would cave in. I like this one, short and sweet. Uh, Trisha, very similar to Judy. She uh, was in an environment where she had temptation in front of her and she resisted. Maybe she substituted it with something else. Um, and, you know, she would normally cave in, but she didn't. So big congratulations to Trisha. Very good, very good. Everybody seems to be um, becoming very aware of, of everything that they're putting into their mouths, which is, as I said, the first step. And then the second step is to let that all go and, and um it's it, yeah we'll talk about that another time but it, yeah i love it i love the the awareness that everyone's got right now love yeah, it yeah yeah uh yeah i was going to elaborate on that a little bit nick where uh you know i think we all have a finite amount of willpower you know there's only so much time so many times you can stare at that chocolate bar before you decide to open it up and eat it and you might be you know one time two times ten times a hundred times eventually um we're going to give in uh and that's compounded when there's other um mental stress in our life so if you've had a stressful day at work and that's taken a lot of your mental willpower to focus on that you come home you see that chocolate bar your willpower is diminished bang you're going to eat it right so we would need to one prepare for when our inhibitions are disinhibited meaning that you know if you inhibit it all the time, say, no, 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 um, but eventually give in, what are you going to do? And Judy's had a great example where she's had um, a protein shake afterwards. Um, next, we need to respect that disinhibition where if we uh, reject, let's say, chocolate over and over again, or for me, if we reject hummus over and over again, as soon as you have a taste of it, bang, the floodgates open, you're going to eat all of it. So we do need to appreciate that maybe, maybe you may benefit from just saying, okay, I'm going to enjoy a piece of toast or I'm going to enjoy some cold rock ice cream. I'm going to enjoy a slice of cheesecake. I'm going to make it fit into my program so that when eventually I do give in, I, I, I'm not going to eat the entire cheesecake. I'm just going to say, okay, I'm content with maybe half a slice or, you know, a couple of bites and that, that's it. Mm, exactly. And yeah, just know your body, but also know, know yourself because sometimes like you with your, your hummus, you know, sometimes you just know that you can't stop. So you, you don't have it around that much. No, you know, exactly. We have it in our house and I'm I'm becoming addicted because it's your fault. <laughs> so it's my fault, is it? <laughs> I bought three different um, tubs of it and the girls really love it too now. So it's, it's all your fault, but uh, look, hey, you know, there's worse stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, let's move on to our next segment here. Mm -hmm. We have the Coach's Corner where we offer our tip for the week. So Nick, take us away. What advice do you have for us? Okay, so um, my advice this week is just about our beautiful Facebook community. Now, I believe we've probably got about 9,000 people in this community, which is amazing, um, to make sure that that we are catering for everybody and also, uh, you know, staying within our scope. It's best to not post things that are necessarily too personal. Now, that's up to everybody sort of to decide what they'd like to share and what they wouldn't. But primarily and you can disagree with me coach Steve but I feel like you'll agree our group kind of needs to stay within our scope which is all about um, amazing food ideas which we see people doing which I mean I'm constantly copying what people are doing there 
Um, training videos. We'd love to see more of your training videos. I would love to see you guys in action in the gym. Don't ever feel like uh, you can't pop something up of that. And also, you know, your flexes, why don't you start making them into little videos as well? Not just pictures, like active flexes. That'd be good. Um, we'd love to see your transformations. It doesn't matter how long you've been going for. It doesn't matter where you've come from. Break the ice and pop yourself up there. And um, of course, your training and nutrition questions. Just remember that primarily we sit on the forum as coaches. So that's where you'll probably get the most up-to-date and I suppose educated advice just because that's within our scope. Um, and also, yeah, I'd just like to take this opportunity to ask you guys, you know, you can respond any way you like to this podcast. Just what would you like to see from us moving forward in the group as well. But uh, yeah, just remember in terms of massive details about all sorts of bits of your life, it feels like the community is so supportive and it's so amazing. But um, food, training, transformations and nutrition questions and training questions, mindset questions we can do. Uh, let's just keep it all in that realm so then when people are looking through, they can be inspired by all of you i like it i like it uh yeah i think that we um if, if you if you wish to engage with our communities um you know you will benefit because those who are more active in our communities often get better results yeah 100 so percent. if you are looking for ways to get involved in our communities um firstly you might start by simply liking content that you like uh commenting on content that you enjoy um and then looking for ways to create your own and you know nick's highlighted some great examples you know maybe what what you're eating or maybe give us an explanation of how you prepared that food show us how you're training or what you're training that was always really cool and exciting to we see love those. oh it's my love. favorite yeah um and then you know uh you know how you are going in the challenge. That could be your transformation photos, maybe, you know, how you're looking after yourself on self-care Saturday or how you are getting your steps in um, throughout the week, or maybe even on Sunday, showing us how you're preparing for the week. Maybe you're doing some meal prep or maybe you're laying out your clothes, you know, getting engaged with the community often leads to really great results. Mm. Mm. Perfect. Yeah. So don't be shy, get out there, show us your transformations, show us, set your goals. That's a good one as well. Just write them down. And once they're written down, you'll find that they'll probably come true. Yeah. It's only action. Your, all your dreams come true. <laughs> all of them. It's like, it's like Disney. <laughs> Disney. When you make a wish upon a star, Nick. Yeah, I know. You know this stuff because <laughs> you, you used to be a, a prince on a cruise, right? <laughs> uh, no, not a prince, but that's okay. Yeah, I used to, yeah, I did do the cruise ship rounds that was good times not a prince it's not like a prince though that's no. even an option it's like, I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't a prince but <laughs> nick i would like to talk a little bit about my experience going to childcare. Mm. going to childcare or going to daycare okay so i have been looking to uh put baby george into a, a daycare okay so you can socialize with more kids give me more time with little henry um and i went out and did a tour of a daycare and i was promptly <laughs> corrected when i called it a daycare or, or childcare um that it is a early learning center okay mm. so it's an early learning center not a daycare okay cool no dramas uh and then doing the tour around the early learning centers um i was 
amazed about the language that they use um, at the early learning centers. So everyone that worked there were all educators, right? So they weren't, um, you know, staff or, or, you know, daycare babysitters. They were, they were uh, educators. Cool. Awesome. Toys. They didn't call them toys. They were resources. Cool. Awesome. Um, the activities that they did, they called them experiences. And they're all about different uh, sensory experience and learning experience, uh, emotional experiences out there. And I thought it was really cool because I think that for many of us, we look at things like childcare or maybe babysitting as like a, a lower rung activity. Oh yeah, you know, you just work as a babysitter or a childcare activity um, person. Um, but uh, the whole industry has looked at ways to improve themselves and change the language that they use. And it starts with language and corrected me with, with my language and saying it's an early learning center. It's where kids go to start learning early. They use resources, they have experiences and they learn from the educators there. Uh, and I really enjoyed the way that they were looking at upskilling and raising the standard of what they do in their career and in their profession, which I loved. And I think that that's something that we can transfer over to the fitness world. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, firstly, we can look at the, the way that we use language, um, and then the way that we use titles. So titles is probably the first place that we start. So, you know, once we start exercising, right, you know, we can start to put a title on ourselves and the title doesn't need to be something that you throw on your Instagram or, you know, tell everybody at, at Christmas dinner. Um, but you know, by thinking of yourself as saying, Hey, I am an athlete or I am a bodybuilder or I do CrossFit or, you know, I have a, a title now. And that could be simply as like, I am a challenger, right? Um, once you start doing exercise, you are now that, you know, you could describe yourself as an athlete and then that has different meaning to it. So instead of just someone, oh, I just go work out, it's what I like doing. You say, hey, I'm an athlete now. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to wait until you are, I don't know, at the Olympics to call yourself an athlete. You can just start doing it, right? It's like saying like, hey, are you a writer? You know, no. Okay, write the, the word the on a piece of paper. Hey, now you're a writer. Okay, off you go. So, you know, if you need to have that title and that title can be a way to raise yourself up where you go from a babysitter to an educator. So can you move from someone who's just a, someone that likes working out to I'm an athlete now? And then think about how that changes your approach to training. So instead of going to the gym and going to a complete a workout, or I'm just going to go do a, a class or, you know, maybe lift a few weights or I'm just going to do some sit-ups and go home. Hey, you're an athlete now. What are you going to do to act like an athlete? Okay. Are you going to, you know, sleep like an athlete? Are you going to eat like an athlete? Are you going to, uh, you know, train like an athlete and focus like an athlete? What would an athlete do? How could you be an athlete as well? Okay. So just my little tip this week, think about the language you use around your own fitness journey. Think of yourself as a babysitter and how could you change yourself from a babysitter to an educator, uh, to raise the standard? Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you there. I, I think um, some people are afraid to give themselves that title. Um, but I think once you do, you actually start to think like that, like, like an athlete, you know, um, basically if you're in the gym and you're training and you're training for a purpose, you are one. So That's you right. have the responsibility of being one as well. So that comes with, you know, you look after your recovery, your sleep, your nutrition, everything to uphold the standards of being one. That's right. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, sometimes we do put on the pedestal, like take bodybuilding, for example, like you may be training for a bodybuilding comp, preparing for a bodybuilding comp and hey, you're a bodybuilder, but you might not think that you're a bodybuilder until you step on stage and then 
you might be like, well, I'm not a bodybuilder until I win a bodybuilding show or something, right? So, you know, you could wait all this time and say, oh, I'm not a bodybuilder until, hmm. or once you say, hey, I'm going to the gym, I'm, you know, eating a certain way, I am a bodybuilder, that comes with a certain meaning behind it, a certain title behind it, and you'll start acting like a bodybuilder, right? Yeah. Um, and that can get it spread across lots of different goals and different um, areas. So think of yourself, what title could you give yourself and how could you act like that? Uh, just by changing the language that you use. Absolutely. Love it. Very good. Nick, let's move on to our final segment here. We have our question and answer segment. Okay. So first question here comes from Carly, a slightly long one, um, comes from the forum, but we'll try to speed run through it. And Carly writes, hi, I've been consistently um, losing weight of the challenge at about 1% on average per week. So pretty significant weight loss. Um, she's lost about five kilos so far. Um, she's on rapid weight loss and she's consistently doing about 12,000 steps per day. Okay, so quite physically active. Uh, she'd like to aim to continue to lose weight between challenges, but she wants to reduce her weight loss rate to about 0.3 to 0.5% per week. So going from 1% down to 0.3 to 0.5%-ish. Um, I'd like to be a bit more relaxed between challenges, but not lose the habits that I've been building over the last uh, two challenges. Um, if I looked at eating in a moderate weight loss for weekdays and steady um, weight loss on the weekends, this would average out to be about uh, 1650 per day or a deficit of about 400 per day. Uh, so she's, tr she's trying to like calorie cycle. She's trying to have like a lower um, energy intake on weekdays and on weekends have a slightly higher energy intake. Uh, she's asking, is it okay? Is it a good thing to do? Is it okay to do something like that? Um, keeping in mind that she's not gonna be strict over Christmas. Um, and then she aims to go back to rapid weight loss at the start of the next challenge. So Nick, a little bit to unpack, but what advice would you give to Carly here? Yeah. So firstly, uh, I mean, we don't know her start weight. We don't know how much weight she has to lose and we don't know her dieting history and things, but just in general, I mean, a calorie cycling strategy can be used quite well, but you have to be pretty responsible with that. And, um, I don't know if Christmas time is the best time to be responsible, especially if you're just learning these routines and things. So, but I, lo I love the way that she's thinking and it can work as long as you're adherent to that because anything works as long as you adhere to it. So I'm not against it. Um, I'm, you know, it'll all, as, as we've spoken about before, as you've spoken about coach Steve, it's like weekly average anyway, really. So it'll all work out in the end if she sticks to that. Um, I, think it sounds okay. Uh, I do think that if she's been dieting for a while, she it'd be good for Carly to go to maintenance for a week or two. Uh, that could coincide with your Christmas period anyway. Um, people get afraid of maintenance. They think that means they're going to put on weight. It doesn't. Maintenance actually means you're just going to um, completely stop the rate of loss, theoretically, for, for a couple of weeks. It doesn't mean that you're going to go back up. So that's what people are a bit scared of. I'd sort of park the car for a minute, park the diet car, put yourself on maintenance because this is quite a smart way to do it. It's a long-term strategy. It just means that then she can go back into her idea, Carly's idea of um, that calorie cycling that would work fine and then back into the rapid for the challenge coming up. Now there is one little thing because then she followed up with me, um, which was a little bit of a red flag because then she said, okay, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to pick up my steps. And I, I thought, hang on a minute. That's not what we want because if you're at if you're at maintenance, you don't want to be then increasing your activity because you you are then um, going to 
probably put yourself back into that weight loss situation. So that can happen later on, but you don't need to throw all those bullets at this at the moment. So I would just say, um, keep everything as it is other than those calories will change, but I wouldn't be then lifting the steps. Uh, I know it's really, really, really tempting to continue on the rapid weight loss or the moderate weight loss, but this sort of a strategy is going to be much better for the long term. So that's what I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And just my 10 cents, <clears throat> if you do some really quick math, if she's losing about 1% on average per week and she's lost about five kilos so far, she would be starting at about the 100 kilo mark. Yeah. Okay. So she might not be, um, you know, quite lean to start off with. So she may have a goal to lose quite a, quite a bit of weight. So I completely yeah. respect where one would choose to uh, go through a rapid weight loss and then be a little bit apprehensive about not dieting where you go, oh, I don't want, you know, bad habits to creep in. I don't want that weight to come back. And I respect that. I get that. Mm. However, um, you know, long-term, you know, just uh, really hard dieting, like 1% per week is quite on the extreme end. Uh, and anything higher than that, you know, we do start to risk other things happening. Um, you know, we start to use words like, hey, metabolic damage can be a thing. Um, you know, risks of binge eating become a, a, a problem. Um, you know, significant muscle loss becomes a problem and even just really low energy levels. Because if you're doing a 12,000 steps or so per day, plus being in an energy deficit where you're losing that much weight. Especially might, rapid. Especially rapid, right? Um, you might be just be simply tired and you don't know that you're tired. So you may benefit from going into this maintenance phase where, as the name suggests, you're maintaining your weight, where you may find, hey, I'm you know getting a real big increase in my energy levels and, okay, maybe I feel like I want to do more steps. So, all right, you know, do, do an appropriate amount of steps, maybe that 12, maybe a little bit more, no dramas. Um, and then you may focus a lot of your energy towards improving your um, training in the gym. So we often neglect that where we go, hey, you know, I could spend more energy in getting um, better in the gym, lifting heavier weights, getting more reps in, getting more steps in, get sets in, getting high volume of training to improve how much muscle mass I have so that when I re-enter a dieting phase, like the next challenge, um, you may have that little bit more, one, muscle, but then two, a little bit more training uh, intelligence, I would say, where you're getting smarter in training, where you go, hey, it's now almost easier because I train better in the gym. Um, so then you might be like, well, okay, things are getting better. So my advice would be to, you know, like you said, Nick, go to this maintenance phase, just chill out for a moment, step away from dieting um, so you can kind of relax your body so that you could re-enter that dieting phase, okay? Yeah, and step away from dieting is not go ham go crazy and put it all back on it's it's calculated and she's good at calculating we can see that she's she's yeah. got it going on that's why i wasn't sure i mean obviously if you do the math you can see what, what her initial weight was but the way that she speaks it's as though she's she's she understands it and she's done it before and she gets it all so i like that so go carly come on play the long game yeah play the long game hmm. Nick, next question here comes from Fletcher and Fletcher writes, Hey coaches, I'm sorry for asking so many questions about the one subject. Uh, just trying to get my head around it. Since the time frame between two challenges is quite large, I haven't quite shredded as much as I wanted. Should I make should I maintenance for one to two weeks after this challenge, then continue to shred for about one week before prep week, go maintenance, and then go for a bulking phase? I'm sorry for all the questions. Okay. Uh, look, uh, my advice to Fletcher, 
is that I would say that firstly, uh, you know, it, it, it can work, you know, if you wanted to um, structure your nutrition plan or periodization over that time where you're kind of going from like, you know, shred to maintenance to shred to maintenance and then to bulk, right, where you're going quite rapid over the course of, you know, one month, you're changing your goal quite rapidly, okay. Now, the thing is, to see any significant progress towards any one goal, whether it be weight loss or weight gain, or even just to try to find maintenance, it takes more than just one week. Sure, you could be maybe like Carly, trying to work out some numbers and some math. Often that doesn't play out exactly. It could be a good place to start, but we might need to tweak it a little bit to actually get there. So my advice for Fletcher would be, you know, think about it in like four to six week blocks where, you know, our advice for minimum, um, you know, weight loss or weight gain or you know shred or bulking standards is a minimum about six weeks so if you are trying to shred for one week uh, you might not notice any change at all no detectable change if you're trying to bulk for one week uh, you're not going to notice any significant change okay so um it may be, may be easier and better to focus on you know a maintenance phase for four to six weeks then, um, you know, moving to that, that kind of weight gain phase. So maybe at this stage, you continue your weight loss phase until you reach a point where you go through a maintenance phase for four to six weeks. Then when the challenge begins, middle of February, you transition into a weight gain phase and then you follow that weight gain phase for that like six to 12 weeks. We recommend six to 18 weeks for a weight gain phase, uh, gaining weight at a rate of about 0.5 to 1% per month. So much slower weight gain rate than we uh, recommend for a weight loss rate. So uh, Fletcher, the main takeaway is um, think of it in blocks rather than weeks. Mm. I like it. Um, yeah, I, I like where you're going with it, Fletcher. I like your questions. Never, never stop asking questions. That's how you get better. That's right. Mm. Nick, next question here comes from Lisa. And Lisa writes, hi, I'm just after some advice on nutrition. Last week, I injured my back and have pinched a nerve, which is which has halted my first ever challenge, unfortunately. I have continued with my nutrition plan and managed to keep up with my steps, although I'm a lot slower. I am hoping to get some arm weights later this week. However, they won't be as heavy as before, but I probably won't get back into leg weights before the end of this challenge. As I said, I've been following my nutrition plan, including protein shakes, but have removed the protein bars as I think I, as I don't think I need them when the only exercise I'm doing is walking. Is this the right thing to do? Nick, what advice would you give to Lisa? Okay, so a protein bar or a piece of chicken, it, it's protein. So it's, it's, I can see where it's a bit, uh, I guess, confusing for people where people think that if you're not exercising, you don't have to have the thing that sort of represents the exercise on the plan, which is all oh, that protein bar, but you still need to have protein. So protein as a macronutrient, you can swap it around. You don't have to have the bar, but you still have to have your designated amount of protein for the day. That's the second most important thing to having your calories for the day, especially if you're risking, if you're dieting and you're risking um, losing muscle, we want to keep that protein intake up. So I would say to Lisa, absolutely keep that protein intake up and um so because so many people are on weight loss even rapid weight loss i would say please keep your protein intake up i'm guessing that she's doing weight loss and um also her her activity level in terms of steps she's saying is the same so training is really obviously to get stronger to uh 
preserve muscle mass in a diet phase, you're not going to be necessarily building it. So uh, you're not also going to be, that's not where you sort of lose the weight because people think, oh, I've stopped training. I can't lose fat anymore. If you're walking and in a calorie deficit, energy deficit, you're still going to see weight loss. So I would keep the protein the same. That is my answer. Yeah, no, I would completely agree. And without diving too much into uh, injury, because I love to talk about things like that, I do think that many of us can um, complete resistance training with uh, injuries such as, you know, lower back pain. Um, You know, I've done it, Nick, you've done it Mm. where maybe a a load management error and, you know, we've we've experienced some some pain in parts of our body. You know, there is ways to regress that exercise to continue to strengthen muscles. Uh, You know, for example, if you've got a sore back, you probably still, you know, go to the toilet, you are completing a squat pattern when you sit down on the toilet and stand back up. Um, So, you know, we can still complete some you know, larger compound movements. If you have access to a gym, you know, you could sit down on a leg extension machine and, you know, extend your legs. Great, you're working your quads. You can sit down on a hamstring curl machine and you can, you know, curl your your legs and, you know, train your hamstrings. So you can still train your lower body without doing some large movements that might uh, aggravate some, some pain. And similar, like you said, Lisa, about training your upper body, you know, set a dumbbell, sit on a, on a chair or a bench and do some bicep curls, some overhead press, lay down and do some chest press. You know, you can still train a lot of your body without, um, placing any irritation on that low back is what, what I would say. Next, Nick, I would completely agree. We need protein. Mm. Um, you know, when we talk about that concept of anabolism um, or, and catabolism or muscle protein creation or synthesis and, and breakdown, you know, it's a tipping scale. We need to push the scale towards muscle protein synthesis or creating one of the biggest areas that pushes um creation of of um muscle is strength training that's the big one that's the big big rock the next one below that is protein intake so if you do remove uh strength training from your activity levels uh you know you are at risk of losing muscle even more so when we're dieting uh, even more so if we're stressed about being injured and maybe poor quality sleep because our back's sore and stuff like that uh we need to have protein in there and you're right you know you can swap out a protein bar for some some chicken um, but completely omitting a serving of protein may have problems definitely nick last one comes from raj uh and raj writes hi there can i take creatine and acetyl l carnitine together thanks rajit Love it. Short, sweet. And the answer is yes. Uh, you can um, you can stack most supplements together, such as uh, creatine and acetyl-L-carnitine or ACLAR. Um, the new Max's range, you can purchase powdered forms of um, a range of individual supplements, such as maybe um, acetyl-L-carnitine or citrulline or beta-alanine um, or L-leucine, those types of things. So you can mix them all together. You can mix, um, you know, creatine, acetylcarnitine uh, into even like a pre-workout um, or into a protein shake or even a nighttime shake. Uh, most of those supplements uh, are not time-based. So creatine and acetylcarnitine um, are not time-based. You could have them any time throughout the day. Uh, so you could have them with, uh, you know, any other serve of, of, of liquid. <laughs> um, and I would recommend having it around your workout so that you don't forget to take it if you want to take it. Uh, or an easy one is to have it with an evening shake of, a, of protein because you know, you're going to consume that in, in the evening. So simple answer, Raj. Yes, you can mix it together. Perfect. Love it. Nick, let's wrap it up there. for episode number 93 of the Challenge Weekly Show. Whew, 93. 
93. It's crazy. 93. I know, I know. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, let us know. Um, and we'll catch you next week for episode number 94. Oh, we're getting there. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend. Or leave us a review on iTunes to spread the good word. See you next time.